Good evening, everyone. This week, we continue talking about pain medications that were discovered in the mid-20th century. Last episode, we talked about how acetaminophen, or paracetamol, if you're from outside the United States, became the popular drug that it is today. Another juggernaut of pain medication would be discovered shortly after. So this week, let's learn about ibuprofen and Stuart Adams, who would go on to discover the drug. In 1939, Adams was a 16-year-old boy from Northamptonshire, who had left school with no clear plan whatsoever. He ended up taking an apprenticeship in a retail pharmacy, which clearly piqued his interest, because he then went on to get his pharmacy degree, and then after that, a PhD in pharmacology. Finally, he returned to the private sector in 1952 to work in the research department of the Boots Pure Drug Company. That is, Boots, like the type of shoe, named for its founder, James Boot. His main mission was to find a new treatment for rheumatic arthritis that was as effective as steroids, but without the side effects. For you non-clinicians, rheumatoid arthritis is a chronic disorder where your immune system mistakenly attacks your own body, in particular, your joints. This can cause painful, swollen, and stiff joints, and symptoms eventually worsen and spread to other parts of the body. Steroids were often used as treatment because they have an anti-inflammatory effect, and as such, can help with rheumatoid arthritis. The problem is that steroids can also be quite toxic and can mess with your blood pressure, mood, memory, stomach, and, well, a lot of stuff. The Boots Drug Company hoped that Adams could find something new. He started investigating anti-inflammatory drugs, and in particular was interested in how aspirin worked. As you may recall from our earlier episode on the drug, aspirin was the first non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, and while it was used as a painkiller, it had to be given in pretty high doses, which made the risks of side effects also high. By the 1950s, it was falling out of favor in the United Kingdom. Adams decided he would try to find a drug that was similar, but with less side effects, which they were calling super aspirin. And so Adams recruited a chemist named John Nicholson and a technician named Colin Burroughs to help him test the potency of more than 600 chemical compounds. Yes, we are back to that tried and true method of drug development. Crazy amounts of trial and error. They tested and retested compounds for literally a decade. Ten whole years in a small house in Nottingham. And of course, they also tried stuff out on themselves. In the 10 years they tested compounds, they suffered a number of failures. First, they found a compound that they called RD10499 that had some anti-inflammatory effects. But when they brought it to a clinical trial, one-fifth of all patients got rashes, which is too many patients. Later, they found a drug ibuphenic, which did not produce rashes, but instead was actually worse and caused severe liver reactions in patients taking it. However, these liver reactions were only observed in the United Kingdom, but not in Japan when they tested it there, which seems to be due to some ethnic difference that, as far as I can tell, has not been well established. Boots, though, was a British company and needed a product for a British market, so this drug was also dropped. Finally, in 1961, a compound called 2,4-isobutylphenylpropionic acid was being tested out. As you can imagine, this did not exactly roll off the tongue, so they eventually named the drug ibuprofen. According to Adams himself, he knew he had found a potential new painkiller during one of his experiments on himself. To quote Adams, I had a bit of a headache after a night out with friends, so I took a 600 milligram dose just to be sure, and I found it very effective. He would then go on to give a speech after his new drug, which as you can guess, did succeed in its clinical trial. 
A patent was granted to Boots in 1962, and it was approved as a prescription drug seven years later, and then, even later after that, was approved for over-the-counter usage in 1983 due to its stellar safety record. And as far as I can tell, that safety record still holds to this day. Despite ibuprofen being discovered all the way back in 1961, it's still very much in use. Last week I said I had acetaminophen in my house, but I actually have even more ibuprofen, and I'm sure a ton of you listening have it lying around in some form too. Its great safety record has helped it stay relevant, and it also helped kick off a wave of research into other non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, many of which actually turned out to be more dangerous than ibuprofen itself. There's a good reason for ibuprofen being as common as it is, and it likely will stay that way for many years to come. Anyway, I think that about covers it for some of the major drugs developed in this time period, so now I want to pivot a bit. We've talked about new surgical, electrical, and now chemical approaches to treating pain that arose in the mid-20th century. But next week, let's talk about psychology and the work of William Fordyce. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoy what you hear, please let me know with the links in the show notes. It always warms my heart to hear from you. If you don't like what you hear, use those same links and tell me why so I can get better. Thanks also to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, and Muse Open for this outro music. Music